Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Thank God for the word today. We're going to study the word and the Trina can sing the next service. And then if you're um, uh, able to stay for the 11th service, um, I don't know. I've really uh, never ministered, preached, or taught the, the, the same message the same way twice. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if I can do that here. So uh, you can stay at the next service if you'd like. Or you don't want to miss tonight at 6.30, I think, 6.30 tonight. And uh, we're going to have what we call an old-fashioned Holy Ghost service tonight. Old-fashioned Holy Ghost service. We just came out of one that people were, wow, the glory filled that place. And I'm telling you, it scared me, and I'm fearless. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it was such an amazing demonstration of the Holy Ghost in Las Vegas. Wow, I'm, I'm still a little bit uh, uh, intoxicated from being filled there in Las Vegas. So you want to come back tonight, and we'll have an old-fashioned Holy Ghost meeting. Well, this morning we want to talk about the spirit of faith, so if you would open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, and we're going to cover several different facets of faith and the spirit of faith. I know you're well taught in this subject, uh, and it's uh, some of the things that the Lord has me to carry around the world in a lot of different languages, and so thankful for our spiritual fathers who came before us, Dad Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, my own dad, and, and uh, many other ministers teaching on the subject of faith. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, if you have your Bible, we read it in the King James Version, first of all, the Apostle Paul says, we having the same Spirit of faith. Everybody say the spirit of faith. But notice he says we have the same spirit of faith. So there's a reason why he said we have the same spirit of faith. Well, because in the next uh, part here, he says, according as it is written. So he's quoting from the Old Testament, and he says this, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. He said, we also believe, and therefore speak. So Paul says, we having, we have, we having the same spirit of faith. When he says, according as it is written, he's quoting from the psalmist David from Psalms 116, where David said, I believed and therefore have I spoken. And we know that David had a spirit of faith, killed a lion with his hands, killed a bear with his hands. Most people run from a dog, but it says, and he killed Goliath, a giant, killed 10,000 Philistines. He had a spirit of faith. The spirit of faith doesn't just affect your church life. It affects every facet of your life. Every fast, the way you work, the way you raise your children, it affects every part of your life, the way you talk about yourself, spirit of faith. So he says, we having the same spirit of faith, quoting from the psalmist David, I believe and therefore have I spoken. He said, we also believe and therefore speak. Now, if you go down to verse 16, he says, this is the reason we don't faint or we don't collapse or we don't quit. He said, even though our outward man may be going through adversity, he said, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. That means that the spirit of faith literally must have a daily renewal. I said a daily renewal, not an annual renewal but a daily renewal in the spirit of faith. And go down to verse 18, and he says, uh, So we look not at things that are seen. 
He said, we look not at things that are seen, but at things which are not seen. He said, things that are seen are temporary. Things that are not seen are eternal. So you can see also from the spirit of faith, your perspective goes beyond this world. In other words, you always have an eternal perspective. So Paul said, we don't focus on things that are seen. With a spirit of faith, we're able to see the unseen and live in the light of eternity. So with a spirit of faith, it affects your life, it affects your death, it affects your family, it affects everything in your life, the same spirit of faith. So go back to verse 13 real quickly here, and we'll look at the key ingredients in the spirit of faith. He says, uh, we believe, I believe, and therefore I speak. In other words, he mentions two major ingredients in the spirit of faith. Number one is I believe, or I am a believer. And then number two, I speak. Now, Dad Hagen always said it this way. He said, believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural. I believe, I speak, it opens the door to the supernatural. So he said, if you're tired of natural results and you want supernatural results, he said, believe. Well, believe God, believe the word of God, and then speak or declare what you believe. So you have to be careful that your speaker doesn't get connected to your feelings and to your circumstances or your kinfolk's opinions. So he says, you have to keep your speaker connected to your what? Believer. And he said, that's the way the spirit of faith works. Now, with the spirit of faith, uh, the Lord said it to me this way. He said that the principles of faith are taught, but the spirit of faith is caught. It's caught. Or you could say it this way, Elisha caught it from Elijah. In other words, it's more than just principles. It's more than just a formula. The spirit of faith literally is a fire that will burn on the inside of you. And so he says it's something that is contagious. It's caught. So that Timothy caught it from Paul. We know that Joshua caught it from Moses, and he must have caught it so good that when he needed to finish one of his battles, he just commanded the sun to stand still for 24 hours. (laughs) You have to say he definitely did not have a spirit of fear. So he's in a fight. He said, I really need to finish this fight. So he just commanded the sun to stand still for almost a whole day. Somebody on the other side of the world is wondering what's happening. The sun didn't come up today. And and God said, well, one of my servants just commanded the earth to stop rotating on its axis. So you'd have to say... He believes all things are possible when you believe. And so he finished his fight. So Moses and Joshua, Joshua caught it. And then uh, it says about Timothy, he said, the same faith that was in your mother and in your grandmother is on the inside of you. So you see, you can catch it in your family. Right. And with that spirit of faith, um, someone said this years ago. They said there's three kinds of people. There's pioneers and settlers and museum keepers. In other words, these three kinds of people, a museum keeper is somebody who is content to dust off the memories of the past. A settler is someone who is simply trying to find their comfort zone so that they can rest and get in their rocking chair and just enjoy life, their comfort zone. That's a settler. A pioneer is a spirit of faith. A pioneer is one who is constantly pressing for new territory. 
In other words, the Apostle Paul said, I believe my best days are still ahead of me. I'm pressing for those things that are ahead. That means your best blessings haven't even happened yet. So you're pressing for new territory. So a pioneer does two main things. Number one, a a pioneer uh, presses for new territory. And a pioneer prepares the way for others who will follow. So you're preparing the way you're conscious that your pressing will influence your children and your grandchildren when you believe God. So a spirit of faith. Somebody asked Norman Vincent Peale when he was 80 years old. They said, what was the 10 best years of your life? And he said, I have not lived them yet. So do we have anybody with a spirit of faith in here? In other words... You believe the 10 best years of your life, come on, the best 12 months of your life are coming up in the next 12 months. That your best blessings are still ahead of you. And you're pressing for that. Also with the spirit of faith, then you can read, throw this in there, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 where Paul told Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. In other words, when you have a spirit of faith, then you do not have a spirit of fear. You could say this about uh, the psalmist David. David was so committed to no fear. He said, the Lord delivered me from all of my fears. He was so committed to no fear that he said, even if the earth was removed, I will not fear. That means you get up in the morning, walk out the front door, and the whole world is gone. And he said, one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to be afraid. (laughs) In other words, fear not. So with the spirit of faith, you refuse to live in the fear of lack. Come on. The fear of failure. The fear of people and people's opinions. And even free from the fear of death. Psychologists say that the fear of death is the root of all fears. Once you are free from the fear of death, you'll never be afraid of nothing else the rest of your life. I'll still here. All right. So now, so he says, we have the same spirit of faith. And he says, the spirit of faith works by believing and by speaking. I believe and I speak. How important is this, believing and speaking? Well, let's get some uh, working understanding of what believing is. What is believing? Did you know the word believe is actually a verb? <laughs> I said the word believe is a verb. Let's go over that again. I said the word believe is a verb. That means it it means you have some action going on here. Right? I believe. That is a verb. A verb. I believe. I act. I act. So the simplest definition of faith is to act like the Bible is true. Faith is simply an act. So faith is a noun. So James had to say faith must have corresponding action or it is dead. That means it doesn't benefit, it doesn't do anything unless your faith translates into action. So that means believe as a verb. It's a verb. So years ago I watched on television, late night television, a man who said he wrote the first novel that had no verbs. <laughs> True, I think it was Johnny Carson, somebody many years ago. This guy wrote the first novel that had no verbs. So he said, well, how's it selling? He said, well, not too good. They said, how come? Well, it don't have no action. So, in other words, uh, in his novel, he had nouns and pronouns and prepositions and loaded with adjectives. He just didn't have no verbs. 
I thought, that sounds like some churches that I go to. They're full of nouns and pronouns. and Man, there's a bunch of adjectives, I can tell you that. But God is saying, I'm looking for a verb. I'm looking for a verb. In other words, someone who acts on the Word of God. So faith demands action. The spirit of faith, I believe, and I speak, are believing is a verb. Y'all still here? Now, many, many years ago, so don't get upset at me, but many years ago, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 years ago, I went into an airport, the first airport that I went into that had a men's restroom with motion-activated water faucets. (laughs) I'm talking about a long time ago. I mean, so I walked into the men's restroom in this airport, motion-activated water faucets, and I stood there and stared at the water faucets. And I thought, somebody's made a terrible mistake. I mean, they left the handle off. There's not a button. So I, I just stared at it, you know. Then I looked underneath the sink, and I thought, maybe there's a pedal you push underneath. No pedal underneath. And so I just actually stood there, just stared at it. I thought, wow, maybe the lowest bidder got this job, you know. <laughs> left the handles off. So you know there's the water faucet. You know there's water there. You just can't figure out how to get it out. Right? So I just stood and stared at it for a while. Directly, another man came in the men's restroom, so I kind of stepped off to the side a little bit. And he walked over to the water faucet, put his hand underneath it, waved his hand, and the water came out. So I had to conclude either this is a very unusual, special, miracle man. He waved, water came out. Then he walked over to the paper towels, waved his hand. Paper towel came down. I thought, this is an amazing man. Right? But that man, when he left, then I walked over to the water faucet there in the sink, waved my hand under, the water came out, and I thought, I am a very special man. (laughs) Then I walked over to the paper towels, waved my hand, paper towels came down. I am definitely a special man until I saw a sign on the wall that said everything is motion activated. (laughs) Well, if it's motion activated, then it works the same for everybody. It works the same for anyone. You don't have to be rich. Come on now. Or poor. You don't have to be pretty. Come on now. Or not so pretty. Or handsome. Or come on. Or educated, uneducated, skinny, or a little bit chubby. It don't matter. It's motion activated. You could say it's no respecter of persons. Are y'all still here? So a lot of times people look at the Bible. Come on, they look at the Word. They believe in God, right? And they'll say, well, I know there's salvation in there. I know there's healing in there. I know there's blessing or victory in there. How do you get to water out? It's motion activated. That means the moment you believe the Word of God and act on the Word of God, faith it requires action. Believe is a verb. The moment you act on the word, no matter how you feel or no matter how things look, the Lord said to me, the moment you act on the word, God makes himself responsible for your results. (laughs) Are y'all still here? Until you act on the word, you're responsible for your results. But the moment you act like the Bible is true, act like that Christ has redeemed you, act like the blood of Jesus has cleansed you, no matter how you feel, the feelings will come along later. The water will have to come out the moment you act on the Word of God. Can you say amen? So the word believe is a verb, so that requires what? Action. 
We quote Smith Wigglesworth a lot, you know. Smith Wigglesworth, um, he said this. He said, no man looks at appearances if he believes. He said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved only by what I believe, and I believe God. Let's try that again. He said, no man looks at appearances. Paul said, we don't look or focus on things that are seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. So faith believes the unseen is greater than the seen. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. So here's what he says. He says, no man looks at appearances if he believes God. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved only by what I believe. And I believe God. Are y'all still with me here? Yeah, well, a lot of people quote that and they kind of leave out some of it. They'll say something like, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by nothing. I'm just going to sit here with my teeth in my mouth. No, that, that's not what he said. Let's try this side over here. People will say, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. Matter of fact, I ain't moved by nothing. I'm just going to sit right here. No, that's not what he said. He said, I'm not moved by what I see or feel. He said, but I am moved. Let's try this out of it. I am moved. All right. I said, I am moved by what I believe. In other words, the moment you believe God, it's got to move something. You got to move yourself. Come on. You got to act on the Word of God. Amen. I always call my mama. You know, my mama in my dad's church, uh, my dad pastored there 50 years, my dad and mom. And so, so I always call my mama a first responder. You know why they call somebody a first responder, you know? Because if there's an accident or something going on, then the people who are equipped, they, they are the first responders on the scene. My mom, I call her a first responder. That means when the Word of God was being preached or being taught, come on now, or the Holy Spirit was moving, my mom was a first responder. In other words, she didn't wait to see what everybody else was going to do. She decided, I believe the Word of God. I believe God's talking to me. I'm going to go ahead and praise God and give Him glory, no matter how things look or how I feel. And then she would praise the Lord till it actually embarrassed me as a young man because Mama would praise the Lord and then she would run around the church. <laughs> she's praising the Lord. She's rejoicing that victory is hers no matter what she's facing. So she's praising God. And believe me, she raised four kids, and it took a miracle to keep us alive. So mama's, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So she didn't wait to see what everybody else was going to do. She's a first responder. Then she had run around the church. When I got to be a teenager, I was ashamed of that. You know, it's very embarrassing, you know, though my mother would run around the church, you know, shouting and praising God. And uh, a friend of mine from high school came to church one Sunday, and I actually began to pray. I said, Lord, please, please, Lord, could we have at least one dignified service, you know, please. Nobody talk in tongues. Don't let my friend hear nobody talk in tongues because they, they think I'm weird enough already. And please. Don't let my mama run around the church. And it's a true story. One Sunday I came to church and my friend was sitting right there in church. So I went and sat there beside him. And 
I said, Lord, just keep it, keep it calm now. Let's have a nice little lesson. But sure enough, come on. Oh, my daddy's preaching, you know. And actually, a lady behind us named Sister Evans, uh, she gave a message in other tongues real loud. My friend's eyes got real big, and I told him, settle down. I'll explain it to you later. That's, you know, that's not Latin. This is not really a Catholic church. But anyway, so she's speaking in other tongues real loud. And Sister Evans was an older woman, so she had false teeth. So when, when she would speak like that, her teeth would click and clack together so that if you did not have the inter- interpretation, if you knew Morse code, you could figure out what the Holy Ghost was saying. So she would, ha, 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 you get her talking in tongues. My friend's eyes real big. And then somebody interpreted and said, thus saith the Lord, God is on your side and victory is yours. And my mama went, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then she took off running around the church. First responder. <laughs> my friend said, who is that woman? I said, I have no idea who this woman is. Hey, if that was the end of the story, come on, that'd be great. But man, other people started rejoicing and praising God. Sometimes the first responder helps other people to get their faith into action. I said, sometimes the first responder, come on, helps other people to get their faith into action. And so other people start rejoicing and praising and shouting. And then my daddy would get up and explain it to the visitors. If you don't have to explain stuff to visitors, you really don't have the Holy Spirit in your church. (laughs) So my daddy would get up and say, now some of you think this is not necessary, and it's not necessary unless it's necessary. So while they're trying to figure that out, they're going, well, I don't think it's necessary. Unless it's necessary, but I don't think it's necessary. In other words... In other words, you always got people who think they know what's necessary and what is not necessary. But if God said you'll have to shout while the walls are still standing, it'll be necessary for you to go ahead and shout. Come on. If God said it's necessary for you to lift your voice and give praise and magnify the Lord, it must be necessary for you to praise the Lord and give glory to God. It's necessary. Come on to lift your voice. Faith works by speaking, hallelujah, by acting on the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. So your faith, come on now, I believe and I speak. In other words, your faith must translate into acting on the Word of God. In other words, faith is what moves God and faith moves mountains, but faith won't move nothing until it moves you. And the first part of you, your faith will move, is your mouth. In other words, speaking is the initial act of faith and the continual act of faith. Once your faith moves your mouth, the authority that's in the voice of the believer will change the scenery in your life. Mountains will move, new doors will open, and new things will come because you dare to believe God. But you're believing, come on now, translated into action. Amen. God has designed that the just shall live by faith. Let's try that again. God has designed that the just shall live by faith. Amen. In other words, Wigglesworth said it this way. He said, if the enemy can move you from a place of faith, he can get you outside of the plan of God for your life. 
So that means God would not design a plan for your life that did not require faith. In other words, you're not just learning about faith so you can get a Mercedes or get a big fancy car. You're learning about faith because faith is what pleases God. Come on, faith is what activates the plan of God in your life. Actually, how you got saved is by simply believing that Jesus Christ is Lord and making that confession of faith and lifting your voice, Jesus is Lord. Come on, that means I am redeemed, I'm washed in the blood, I'm delivered. Jesus is Lord means sin will not dominate me, Satan will not dominate me. I've been delivered from the power of darkness. I'm translated into the kingdom of the Son of God. Jesus is Lord. Listen, that is not just the initial confession of your faith. That is the continual confession of your faith. Hallelujah. The continual confession of your faith. I wonder if you'll study the four gospels about Jesus and just watch Jesus and listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus was constantly confessing his identity and his destiny. Now, if you're going to follow Jesus, you'll have to be continually confessing your identity, who you are in Christ, and your destiny of what God has called you to do. In other words, faith works by believing and by speaking. All right? Now, throw in Hebrews chapter 11. I'm quoting these just for time's sake because it... If I was able to pastor 52 weeks, we could continue this next week. But right now, we're just going to give you as much as we can right now, all right? So Hebrews chapter 11, you can open up to Hebrews 11 if you want to, but I'm going to quote most of it. This is the faith chapter. Do you realize there's people in Hebrews 11 that most people wouldn't even consider them as anybody that God would approve? (laughs) I mean, there's people in Hebrews 11 that make some people at church mad. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, you can go to Israel. We could go on Israel tours and love Israel. But when you go over there, there's still, you know, if you have a guide that may be in the group or something, there's still guides that are still talking about what David did thousands of years ago. I mean, we had a guy on our bus. He said, yeah, but you know David did this thing. You know, he did that thing, you know. <laughs> Talking about David's failure. But David made it in Hebrews chapter 11. Yeah. Yeah. He even got Rahab, a prostitute, in Hebrews chapter 11. Y'all still here? You got Noah. We know he got drunk in Hebrews chapter 11. He got drunk, so he still got in Hebrews 11. Y'all still here? Abraham. We know he lied, but he still made it in Hebrews chapter 11. Look at somebody and say, you might be qualified. So anyway, so it says here, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is the faith chapter. So I just read the whole chapter in in the setting one time, the whole chapter. Man, look at all the people in there, right? And he said, and many more that should be in Hebrews chapter 11. Well, what's going on in Hebrews chapter 11? Well, he says, by faith, 20 times in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith. In other words, by faith, this person who may have been a failure... Turn their life around by faith, and God used them to change their generation. All right, let's try this out over here. I said, this person who may have been a failure, by faith, their life turned around, and God used them to change their generation. 
I even asked the Lord one time. I said, I was reading the Bible. I said, well, Lord, why did you have to write all that stuff those people did? I said, that's your kids. I said, if I was you, I would have edited the Bible. And the Lord said, no, I wanted to tell the whole story because two or 3,000 years later, there'll be someone who has had a terrible failure in their life. And if they'll dare to believe God, God will turn their life around and use their life. So Hebrews 11, he says, by faith, by faith, 20 times. By faith. Everybody say, by faith. The Holy Spirit chooses to repeat that phrase 20 times. The Holy Spirit says, say it again, say it again, say it again. Because it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So by faith, 20 times. By faith. Now, that's the King James Version. If you have uh, the Message Bible, it will throw in by an act of faith. Instead of just saying by faith, it will throw by an act of faith. That means faith is an act. Amen. So by faith, understanding faith and how faith works becomes pretty important, doesn't it? Amen. So by faith, 20 times, by faith, by faith, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Isaac, by faith, Jacob, by faith, Moses, by faith, Noah, by faith, David, by faith, Sarah, by faith, by faith, 20 times, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, 20 times, by faith, by faith, by faith, by an act of faith, by faith, one through faith, another by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. You got it. You think you got it. I always say, Dad Hagen set me free from the fear of repetition. <laughs> you say, why? The Holy Spirit said, by faith, by faith, by faith, so that the next time you go to God and say, God, how is my life ever going to change? God's going to say, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. God, how is my body ever going to get well? By faith, by faith, by faith. How am I ever going to get free from this old habit? By faith, by faith, by faith. How is my wife ever going to... No, I'm just kidding. How is my husband... <laughs> How's my children ever going to be set free? By faith, by faith, by faith. Come on, how's my job ever going to be productive? By faith, by faith, by faith. By... How's my money ever going to increase? By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Now, the problem, the problem with by faith, right, is that God himself is a faith God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith. It is impossible to please God. That doesn't mean it's unlikely. That doesn't mean you have one chance in a million. No chance. None. Got it? No chance. <laughs> you go, oh, you sure we can't work out a special deal? He said, no special deal. No chance. Without faith, it is impossible. To please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Glory to God. Amen. Without faith, one translation says, without living by the unseen. In other words, the Word of God is a description of unseen realities. 
That's where faith comes from. So God demands faith of us, but he would not demand faith of us without giving us the means whereby we can get faith. Well, where do you get faith from? Well, you know, I could give you several sources, but number one, Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Number two, God said, I've dealt to every believer a measure of the God kind of faith. That means God said, I'm going to spot you one. I've given you a measure, but that measure can grow, increase, and it can be strengthened. Or, come on now, the faith in your mother, in your grandmother. Come on, the faith that runs in your family. You can catch that spirit of faith. But God demands faith of us. He's pleased by faith. Now listen close. You cannot please God and not know it. Let's try that again. If faith pleases God, you could not please God and not know it. And God's not that hard to please. All right, let's try this. I know you're like, oh, this is going to be tough. No, you ain't even going to have to move. I'm telling you, we can do it right here in the same pants you wore in the house. In other words, the moment you believe God, faith is what pleases God, and God is a rewarder. That means the moment your faith pleases God, right? The moment you act in faith, the moment you believe Christ died for you, that he's raised from the dead for you, his blood cleanses you, the moment you believe that and then speak and declare that and act on it, no matter how you feel. You may not even feel saved, but the moment you declare it and act on it and you say, thank God Jesus is my Lord. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. My sins have been forgiven. I'm washed in the blood. No matter how you feel, come on, the feelings will show up later. Now listen, go. Hallelujah. Go ahead and laugh for a minute. Now, now I took psychology in college, and I passed because they had multiple choice tests, and I'm exceptionally lucky. So uh, I basically, out of psychology class, I took maybe a couple of things like why Pavlov's dog salivates. So... In psychology, you're studying human behavior and why people act the way they act. So you're trying to figure out what they're thinking. Come on. Why they're acting the way they're acting. <laughs> You'd be like that guy that went to the psychiatrist. You know, he's extremely depressed. He went to the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist said, what's your problem? He said, well, he said, I think I'm a dog. <laughs> the psychiatrist said, well, how long have you had that problem? He said, since I was a puppy. So he said, well, get up on the couch and let's talk about it. He said, I'm not allowed. So, so if you want to study human behavior, <laughs> here's what I learned in psychology class. It cost me thousands of dollars. I'm going to give it to you right now. I learned this in psychology class. Here's what they said. They said, reasoning cannot change an emotion because emotions are more powerful than reasoning. In other words, somebody that feels a certain way, you cannot reason them into feeling different. They're just going to say, I don't know why I feel this way. I just feel this way. Right? So you cannot reason them into feeling better. Here's what the psychologist said. He said, reasoning cannot change an emotion because emotion is more powerful than reasoning. 
But here's what he says. Reasoning cannot change an emotion, but action will. They said action is more powerful than emotion. In other words, that means you can't feel your way into better behavior, but you can act your way into better feelings. Come on, some of you say, well, if I felt better, I'd act better. And God said, if you'd act better, you'd feel better. So, all right, let's get on the other side over here. All right, so some of you say, well, if I felt better, I'd act better. But if you know how I feel and everything I've been through, that's just the way I'm feeling right now. (laughs) But listen close. What happened to Jesus on the cross is greater than anything that's ever happened to you. In other words, there's power in the blood of Jesus that no matter how you're feeling, if you'll act on the Word of God and act like the blood has cleansed you, come on and boldly declare that, that action is more powerful than your emotions. Glory to God. Go ahead and laugh for a minute. Amen. So it don't take you long, come on, to act in faith. You can move from unbelief and you can move from doubt and jump right into faith just that fast by boldly confessing, I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. That means your confession of faith, believing and speaking, opens the door to the supernatural. God is a faith God. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I know my time's almost up, but listen now. I have a grandson by the name of Gavin, and I got, uh, we have eight grandkids. I have a swimming pool in the backyard, back of our house. So um, I make sure all the grandkids get swimming lessons. All of them, I pay. You take them, swimming lessons. I pay, but I also want to know if they can swim. All right? So all of them. So when Gavin was probably about three or four years old, he came over at my house, and we were standing out by the pool. And eight grandkids, so Gavin, we're standing by the pool, and I'm standing there talking to Gavin's dad, my son-in-law. And we're talking, and Gavin comes up to me, just the cutest little guy. He said, Poppy, I can swim now. Poppy, I can swim. I said, can you swim? Oh, Gavin said, oh, yes, Poppy, I can swim. And his dad, you know, my son-in-law, very, very positive guy, so he tries to jump in. Oh, yes, Poppy, that Gavin, he can swim. You'd be so proud of him. He can swim. I said, really, is that right? Oh, yeah, he can swim. Well, I knew he couldn't. (laughs) Even though he had taken lessons, I knew he couldn't. I'd seen him in the shallow end, but anybody can swim when your feet are on the bottom. (laughs) So we happened to be standing by the deep end, me and Gavin and his dad, standing right by the diving board, and they're going on and on. So... Before they could say anything else, I grabbed Gavin and just threw him in the deep end. I wish you could have seen his daddy's face. Because when I just took him like this that fast, I went, and I just threw him right there in the deep end. And his, his dad looked at me like, I said, uh, Gavin is sinking. And I could see him, and he's like, I said, he's going down to the bottom. If I was you, I would jump in and save him. <laughs> so his dad jumped in, boy, and he, he pulls him up, brings him out of the water. And, <laughs> and I said, I told you, Gavin cannot swim. Now you take him back to lessons, and I will pay, and there will be another test. 
You say, why would you do something like that? Well, because there may be a time when I'm not with him. So I want to know if he can swim. Right? So you go back and take your lesson. Are y'all still here? And yet in church all the time while you're teaching on faith, people go, I know about faith. I, I got faith, Papi. I got faith, Papi. Don't tell me about faith. I know about, I know about faith, Papi. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I can swim. But I've been watching you in the shallow end, come paddling around with your little feet. Come on now. Come on. And come on, you're saying, I can swim. Listen, there's going to come a time when situations you will face will put you in the deep end. So you better take your lesson. I know you say, but I don't want to take it. I'm too big for lessons. You go take your lesson. Come on now. Because you think you know a lot more than you really do. When you face a doctor's report, come on now. You face a situation in your life, come on, that challenges you, that challenges your destiny, or even challenges whether you're going to live or die. It is essential that you know exactly how faith works. Because with that spirit of faith, Jesus said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Come on, Jesus said, have faith in God. He said, nothing shall be impossible unto you when you have faith in God. Nothing shall be impossible. Jesus said, if you believe, all things are possible. But you've got to get a definition of belief. If you believe, all things are possible for him to believe. Anybody know what happened? Mark chapter 9. The guy said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. <laughs> Don't act like you're more spiritual than that. You say, Lord, I believe. Come on, when you're facing you say, Lord, help me get rid of unbelief right now. I'm having a challenge in my mind. The moment you believe God and lift your voice and act on the Word of God, the initial confession, the continual confession of your faith, that means if you're going to live by faith, you're going to fight the good fight of faith, the initial and continual confession of your faith is what? Jesus is Lord. He is my Redeemer. He is my Healer. He is my Provider. The Lord is my Shepherd. I shall not want. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. I never lack for money. I never lack for money. My Father God takes care of me in grand style. I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. Come on. I'm just wondering if we have any first responders here today. (laughs) Go ahead and praise the Lord. Do we have any... First responders, glory to God. Come on, don't wait for somebody else. You go ahead and stand up and say, I believe God. I have faith in God. Woo, glory. All right, let's make a bold confession. Everybody say, we have, I have the same spirit of faith. I believe and I speak. I will not be silent. I lift my voice. I boldly declare that Christ has redeemed me, that Jesus is my Lord. I will walk by faith. I live by faith. I overcome by faith. I will not be silent. I boldly confess I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. I will lift up my voice. Praising and magnifying God. Giving thanks unto God. 
My Father God, He is greater. My Father God, He is greater. He's greater than all. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. Go ahead and shout about it. God bless you. Praise the Lord.